Coming up on this week's Book Guy Show, The Beastie Boys audiobook. Two versions of Iron Man 3, one just for China. Will there be decent music in the new Star Wars movies? What is Indiegogo anyway? Coming up on this week's Book Guy Show, stay tuned. And Skype! Freaking Skype! Stop working Skype! Book Guys Show is brought to you by Audible. Go to audibletrial.com slash bookguys and get a free book just for trying them out for one month. And by Squarespace. There has never been an easier way to make your own website. Go to bookguys.ca slash squarespace and try them free for one month. And by freehollowbooks.com where they give away a free hollow book every month. Sir Jimmy makes them in the USA. This is the Book Guys Show. My name is Paul Alves. Of course, we're doing the jingles this week. Paul the Book Guy. And this guy, this guy is Kevin the King Lawler. Very regal. <laughs> Very regal. Our, our, our future show producer. And we're in Toronto. And this is quite an international group we have uh, this week. We've got, of course, the one and only Sir Jimmy. North Carolina. How's it going in North Carolina, Jimmy? It's going so nice. You should be here. I should. You know what? I, I really regret not going to Las Vegas, meeting you there. I will pop down to North Carolina at some point. I've got to renew my passport. You know, all these security checks and whatever. But you know, you don't need a passport to go to Montreal. And uh, you know, we, we don't have a jingle. <coughs> no, we don't no. have a jingle for Pat. We're going to have to get you uh, a yeah, jingle. A Do jingle. the book girls thing. Do the book girls thing. Uh, I've got to find it. Oh, this is worth it. This is worth it if I can find it. If I can find it. <laughs> Pat Flewelling from CrimeWritersCanada.com in Montreal, Canada, in Quebec. Yes. How are you? Where you don't, uh, not too bad. It's been a beautiful day out here. We've got nothing but sunshine. And the Leafs are winning one nothing against Boston right now because we record on Give Wednesdays, Give us a chance. Yes. Give us a chance. It's the Habs versus the Sens. I am so torn, but just <laughs> give us another period. I'm sure. I feel it. You're the only Habs fan I'd allow on the show. I'll tell you that much. Thank you. And joining us all the way from Deutschland, Ewan McGee, how are you, sir? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Very well. And I know you have an Indiegogo project on the go, and we are going to talk about that. We are going to try to get you some help to get, that, to get that going through. What is it called? A success, or is it a... It's, the project is funded? Is that what they call it on Indiegogo? Funded, yeah. So we'll try to get you that funded th level as soon as we can. But we're going to start the show as we always do with a section that we call Book News. The Beastie Boys are writing a memoir. It's an audiobook. The Beastie Boys are planning a memoir commemorating their music and career, but it won't be a straightforward narrative style remembrance. Instead, 
Uh, surviving members Mike D and the King A plan to create a loosely structured oral history featuring a mix of their voices, outside contributors, and images cut through with their characteristic irreverent humor, the New York Times reports. Mike Diamond and Adam Horowitz have signed a deal with the Random House imprint Spiegel and Growl. Deutschland sounds like. Spiegel, der Spiegel. For a still untitled book, which will be edited by hip-hop journalist Sasha Jenkins for a planned release in the fall of 2015. That, that seems really cool because, you know, there are rappers and an audiobook sounds like it could be pretty awesome. Uh, Winnie the Pooh author was a first World War propagandist. A.A. Milne famously denounced war in his pacifist essay, Peace with Honor, but classified documents found in an old trunk. Folks, don't leave your classified documents in an old trunk. <laughs> they reveal that the author of Winnie the Pooh was recruited by a secret propaganda unit during the First World War. Jeremy Arter was sorting through old paperwork in his auntie's home. I said auntie's. It's not, it doesn't say auntie's on the screen. <laughs> when he stumbled across rare classified documents from MI7B, a military propaganda outfit that worked with writers to present a positive version for the war for those at home. Propaganda. And we're going to move on to the section we call... Books on Film and Television. Captain Jack and Riversong met, and they have decided they want a Doctor Who spinoff. Yes, John Barrowman met Alan, Alex Kingston. They met at a party in London and really hit it off. Barrowman said, we didn't even say anything. We just looked at each other and went, ah, my God. We've got a glass of champagne and started talking about how it would be great if River and Jack actually, she said, River and Jack should have their own TV show. Then as we talked more, we realized that we were both born on the same day, and we liked a lot of the same things, and our attitude towards stuff is very, very similar. This has to be exciting for you Doctor Who fans. I, I promise not to say those words on this show. I just left that thing there, <laughs> not talking about the show this week. Two versions of Iron Man 3. According to the Guardian UK, Iron Man 3 was billed as a joint venture, joint venture between two cinematic superpowers, a collaboration between East and West. Disney-owned Marvel Studios announced in March that the version playing to audiences in China would contain Chinese superstars such as... Yeah, I get this story, right? Wang <laughs> Juki and Fan Bingbing. Fan Bingbing is easy to say. As well as sequences shot in China. But the comic book blockbuster Iron Man 3 has now been split into two versions. The version playing to audiences in China will contain Chinese characters and Chinese sequences, but the official international version pretty much won't. And uh, this has many Chinese bloggers who, you know, they're downloading it on Pirate Bay. So they're kind of pissed off that the version playing in China uh, in, in the world doesn't have all the Chinese stuff in it. More books on film and television news. Well, it's mostly film and television news, but John Williams will return for Episode 7 of Star Wars. During a, yes, during a press conference for Star Trek Into Darkness, who cares about that? When asked if John Williams would return to the Star Wars franchise, J.J. Abrams responded, quote, Again for Star Wars, it's still very early days, but I believe that going forward, John Williams will be doing the film because he was there long before I was. And I know Professor Allen's not here, but someone snuck in some comic book news. I don't know where this came from. Comic books, comic books, comic books. 
AOL shuts down Comics Alliance site. AOL has shut down its comic book slash news site, Comics Alliance. Rumors began making the rounds this weekend at Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo. AOL also closed AOL Music and several music news and video sites on Friday, which is reportedly when staffers at Comics Alliance got the news. Oh, man. All that AOL Music and Comics Alliance stuff I own. No one used that. <laughs> you know, How a did reason. AOL survive the 90s? <laughs> I didn't even know it's, AOL was still around. Where's Steve Case when you need him? <laughs> uh, you know what? We're going to do this segment. And you know what? Here's the funny thing. I have nothing prepared for this, but I'm sure I'll find something on the shelf. The Think Geek Item of the Week from ThinkGeek.com. Oh, man. Doctor Who? No, it's not. <laughs> I knew I had something. You can find this. This is a great item from uh, ThinkGeek. If you want to learn about zombie dice, what you got to do is go look at our, our friend Will Wheaton's uh, podcast, Tabletop. Check out the zombie dice episode. It's such a simple game. It's a bunch of dice. I'm not going to explain how it works. It's just a little container with dice in it. Simple instructions. Check out the tabletop episode where uh, he play. I think he plays with like Nathan Fillion from Firefly and a couple other people. Anyways, it's fun. Zombie dice. Another cool thing you get from ThinkGeek. Go to bookguys.ca/thinkgeek. I buy stuff from them. I have a shelf full. Check them out. <laughs> and we're gonna do the segment now that we call. What's on your Android? What's on your in your bathtub? What are you reading? <laughs> hey, Pat Flowell in CrimeWritersCanada.com. You look like you have... I am well-equipped today. Oh, man. What have you been reading, love? I have finally been catching up on the uh, Song of Fire and Ice series. I am now up to Clash of Kings. And it's strictly on Audible.com. So you do have another convert. Like I said, thank you very much. And I'm actually really starting to dig it. And uh, you're, uh, I believe it's Roy Detrice does most of the audio. He's pretty brilliant at it. He's not bad, actually. I love the voices on it. Every once in a while, though, he has a Kirk moment, and it drives me up the wall. But uh, <laughs> otherwise, no, I love it. absolutely love the stories. <laughs> hey, Sir Jimmy, anything on your uh, plate? Actually, uh, this is these are kind of like little plates. Anybody remember what these are? These like... <laughs> This is a reel-to-reel, I think. Uh, I've been reading 4,000 Days by Warren Fellows, My Life and Survival in a Bangkok prison. you say Brian Brian Fellows? Not Brian Fellows. The guy from Saturday Night Live. No. No, no, it's his brother, actually. Warren Fellows. Yeah, he was in... uh, Got got busted for trafficking in heroin in uh, Thailand just like he kind of always thought he was going to, and ended up in, in uh, two different prisons in Thailand. And uh, pretty interesting. I'm a real sucker for, as you know, any story that has a poker game or prison in it. And this one doesn't have both, but it does have a dice game in it. Sort of describes so, uh, your, your visits to, to Vegas. Oh, uh, yes. You should write your yes. own book one day about one of your visits. Yeah, maybe uh, 
<laughs> Maybe one day. Some, uh, some uh, heroin experiences. But so, hey, I, I enjoyed this. It was on five CDs. It's the first time I've ever listened to an audiobook on CD. And I was surprised how quickly I was popping another CD and I was just engrossed in it. And uh, I, really, I really enjoyed it. It's actually uh, read by a British fellow, which was kind of uh, it was refreshing. First time that I've heard something that wasn't read by Scott Brick or Gabrielle DeCure um, <laughs> in a long time, so, or Will Wheaton. And it, it, was, it was interesting. It sort of held you uh, into the story. I, I, this guy's actually, you know, British anyway, so it, uh, it seemed to tie the story in that it sounded like something was happening to a foreigner the whole time. A um, lot of interesting things. If you want, if you're, if you're a white guy in a Bangkok prison, do what the people from Bangkok are doing to stay alive or you will die <laughs> and go crazy. <laughs> and they are the things that you do not want to do. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I'll, I'll just stay away from Thailand altogether. How's that? <laughs> yeah, it's probably not worth it. Kevin Lawler, anything on your uh, plate? This week I have been looking at John McGahern's The Dark, uh, coming-of-age story in Ireland in 1965, which I know is a bit of a cliche because I'm <laughs> Irish, but uh, very well written, as usual, set in 1965 in Ireland, so it's a barrel of laughs. Everything's going really, really well. About halfway through it, really, really enjoying it. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty good. I'd say enjoying it. Very nice. Uh, let's see. I just... I'm going to be starting... No, not this one. I'm going to try to do CD. The God Pen by Ransom Stevens. Look, haven't even opened it yet. That's my next read. Uh, I am in the middle of The Twelve by Justin Cronin. And I'm going to finish that uh, again. Scott Brick. I'm about Scott bricked out. I mean, I've spent a couple hundred hours with him in the last couple weeks. So God bless you, Scott. <laughs> Wish you the best. But I sometimes need a little Scott brick break. Uh, you and anything new on your plate, on your nightstand or Kindle? I don't have it with me because I'm not at home, but I'm currently finishing up Perry Pratchett's um, quite hilarious uh, Dodger. And while I'm finishing that up, I'm, I've started on Scott Sigler's Nocturnal. It's kind of a buddy cop meets horror kind of story um just started it but it's it's quite good are, are you reading nocturnal or are you listening i'm reading it's actually my first scott sigler story that is not gfl that i'm uh, reading his other books i, I just listened to them on his uh, podcast uh but that one i bought and i'm actually reading it wow yeah i, I actually i got my i believe i have my hardcover on order i'm waiting for it just came out a couple months ago i believe but yeah, I love listening. He, he really, he's one of those authors that should be reading his own books. Now, it's uh, unfair. It's really unfair. I mean, he can write and he can read. And it's, um, if he can dance too, we need to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> Show title. If, he, if Scott Sigler can dance too, we need to kill him. <laughs> hey, Ewan, we're, we're going to talk to you today about your Indiegogo project. Why don't you tell the folks all about it? Uh, it really seems interesting. I was taking a look. You've got a video on Thank the you. site. Uh, I'm going to play the video for our audience right now. All right. And when we come back, tell us all about it. All right. Hi there. My name's Ewan McGee, and this is my book. No, it's not. Uh, yes, it is. No, it's not. I wrote the book, I know the book, this is the book. Yeah, but this isn't the book. Set in the near future, people have no privacy on and offline, they stand up against it, and mayhem happens, this is the book. 
That is just a dummy. What are you calling me a dummy for? Not you, the book you're holding. I don't understand. It means this is the cover as it would look like if this Whaley's Man gets printed. And inside is a book that's actually the size of this Whaley's Mayhem. 170,000 words. That's basically two books in one. Yes, but that's only going to happen if we work together. Uh, you and I? No, not you and I. Not ever you and I. I mean, the people. This is what crowdfunding is about. A number of people pitch in, everyone a little bit, and together they make something big happen. And what do the people get out of it? Well, for as little as $5, you can get the ebook. That's a bargain. Yes, it is. And then there's the audiobook. Wait, we are not going to read that. No. The audiobook is going to be read by two voice actors due to the special natures of the story. And talking about two, two amazing artists will deliver original music for it. Oh, the ones we are not talking about yet. Those are the ones. Oh, I like them. I know you do. And you're also going to like the canvas prints. Uh, wait, what canvas prints? Federico Delocchio, comic artist for the likes of DC Comics and Marvel, is going to create original comic art out of six of the key scenes of the book, and you can get those as canvas prints. You're right, I do like that. I thought you were going to like it. And six lucky people can get something truly unique, and that's the six original sketches by Federico of the comic art. Uh, but what if I don't have the money for one of the originals or a canvas print? Well, then you can still get the art in the second book. Wait, what, what second book? The second book, that is, the making of the first book, featuring the comic art, text about the background of the story and the production, as well as interviews with people who either inspired the book or worked on the project. Okay, so how does it all work? That's pretty easy. I mean, all you have to do is sign up on Indiegogo, which is free. Um, you pick the pledging stage that is perfect for you, you pledge the money, and then you tell some friends. Okay, what if people have questions? Well, for one, there is a FAQ section down below. <laughs> Unless people are watching this on YouTube. In which case, there is a link. Oh, fancy! People can also go to the website and read the production diary of This Will Is Mayhem. Let me guess, link is below? Yes, there is. Just like the email address to which they can write questions or comments or whatever. Or they can go on Twitter. At Ewan underscore McGee. After all, this is the digital age. You know, they say that, but I like to call it something different. What's that? I like to call it the age of makers. As in, as in, let's make this happen together. You know, I like that. Really? But still, I'm out of here. This is the book. So, so Ewan, just for the, the folks at home, maybe you want to explain what crowdfunding is? Of course. Um, crowdfunding is... Um Instead of one person giving or, or one company giving a lot of money to a project, it's uh, a lot of people cut a little bit. Um, so whether you have a music project or a movie project or, as in my case, uh, a book project, you say, here's what I want to do, here's the kind of money I need, and here's what you can get for it. Because 
they don't just give money and then that's it. They really get something out of it. And if it's not fully funded, uh, you get your money back. So that's like a zero risk uh, kind of thing. So, so if I donate to, to your cause there, uh, yeah. to Project Mayhem, if you don't get the total amount that you need to make it happen, exactly, my money never comes out of my account? It goes out of your account, but it goes back to your account without oh. uh, anything. And the complete amount. So whether you give five bucks or 500 bucks, you get the, that amount back. But, but if it gets funded, I get my goodies and the book gets created? Exactly. It's a win-win situation. It is. It's, uh, you can't imagine. Um, it's, it's like pre-ordering. Right. There's really no difference. So, so, so uh, in the case of your book, what's, what's your funding goal for, for the thing? In 85,000 bucks because it's not just the book uh, itself. Uh, it's basically it's four projects in one. It's the book. It's the second book, which is uh, a making of book. Um, it's the audiobook uh, and uh, the beautiful comic art done by Federico Delocchio, who's taking some of the key scenes from the book and turns them into comic art. Yeah, we also know that uh, producing audiobooks is not cheap. <laughs> um, actually, I'm going, if it all works out, if I'm fully funded, um, I'm going to go to uh, New York for it because um, my, my office is at a recording studio, but prices in Germany are so incredibly high, especially for native English speakers. Um, it would cost me about twice as much as it would uh, doing it in New York. And the talent in New York is much better. Or you can always call up uh, Scott Sigler, if we haven't killed him by then. If we haven't killed him by then, correct. <laughs> <laughs> if you can uh, dance as well, I'm afraid we're going to have to kill him. That's right. <laughs> but actually, I'm... Um, I'm very thankful to, to, to Scott because two of the people who work on his, um, his indie novels, his GFL series, uh, would work on my project if it gets funded. His wonderful um, business partner was nice enough to, to give me the contacts. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be professionals doing it. It's, it'll be the same as uh, doing it with a big publisher same quality. The book itself, the printing itself, it won't be in demand, uh, uh, on demand. No, no flimsy kind of paperback. It will be proper hardcover, offset print, just like uh, any big publisher. Uh, tell us a little bit about the story of the book. What's it about? Um, it's about, um, it's set in the near future, and it's about our generation um, gambling away our user rights and, and um, our privacy laws. So, in the near future, Whatever you do on the web, on your computer, but even people go to as really as a grassroots movement to fight for those rights and, and get those rights back. And then things get ugly, very, very ugly. Yeah, I know. And uh, people keep giving away those rights. And we got cameras on everything and, you know, uh, sensors. And now, you know, you got the new Samsung Galaxy S4 tracks your eye movement. <laughs> We've got some stories in tech in the technology news today. Uh, book-related technology news that uh, it's getting scarier. I, I've seen it. It actually fits uh, the theme of the book very well. Um, and it's. I started writing the book um, two and a half years ago. Some of the things I came up as sort of a dystopian future have already become reality in that uh, relatively short space. So it's wow. really scary. Wow. <laughs> 
Uh, so uh, we're going to put a link up on the screen. Of course, we played the video. Link's on your screen, <coughs> folks. Check it out. You get lots of goodies. If, if it gets funded, you get lots of goodies. It's right here, somewhere on and your screen. If you contribute now, uh, you get things that no one will ever get afterwards. Like the making of book, you will never be able to buy it afterwards. Nice. Exclusive. And the the hardcover will actually be a special edition that's a little bit different. So it's... If you, want, if you want the book, get it now. Buy it now. <laughs> exactly. Fantastic. We're going to take a quick break, Ewan, and we'll kind of come, come back and talk about some tech news and about the week's news. And uh, hopefully you'll stick around for the rest of the show. Of course. And I, I apologize on Microsoft's behalf for the quality of Skype today. <laughs> no we'll, problem. We'll be right back, folks. I'm Jake. And I'm Matt. And we're from Comixology, and we're coming to you live from the Book Guys show. And we're back, and hopefully Skype will hold up for the rest of the episode. <laughs> and, uh, Sir Jimmy, I know you got something in. Podcasts. Yeah, um, I just happened to come across, I don't even remember where, but somebody mentioned that David Lee Roth from Van Halen had a podcast. And growing up, <laughs> listening to Van Halen, loving them, and then hating them when Sammy Hagar came, and then whoever else came, and then David Lee Roth came back, and he's gone, and he's back, and finally last year I got to see him in concert. And, you know, awesome, but still kind of a disappointment because I didn't see him 30 years And what? But David Lee Roth, you know, he is the band to me, him and Eddie Van Halen. And I found out he has a podcast, and it's kind of, uh, if I'll go back to one of our stories here, uh, irreverent. Okay. He, he talks about everything. He, he actually, since the last tour is over, he's moved to Japan, and he's been studying, uh, um, I guess, the guy. And he has one episode where a guy's on there, and it's just him in this silly outfit, you know, showing you how to use a samurai sword and... I kind of skipped through that, but there's one where he talks about alcohol and cigarettes and and uh, and Red Bull and drugs and all that. And that he, is he knows his Red goal. Bull and drugs. Yeah, and, and he he says I, I don't drink Red Bull for the you know the caffeine and the sugar. I drink it for all those chemicals that they put in it. You know, all that man-made <laughs> stuff. He said that's what's keeping me going. He's then he's like does a leg kick, you know, and uh, it's it's a neat podcast. I mean. They're sort of up and down in, in how much they interest me, but uh, I, I'm waiting for the next one to come out. I just it's I a, haven't a, found a, a new podcast said, uh, I enjoyed in a while, and, and this is one I'm glad I found. The you Roth said, you said, Show. Uh, it was uh, you were showing you a Samurai Sword. So it's a video podcast. It is. It's both. I didn't okay. realize it was a video podcast at first, and I was just listening to it. And you know, you know I'm, I'm driving a lot, and you know, even while I'm working, sometimes I'll have my Bluetooth headphones in while I'm doing some sort of monotonous task and just have my phone in my pocket and be listening to it. But the video podcast is cool, and it's in high def. And, I mean, he's got a whole a whole crew that's working with him. They, uh, he's got, like, a camera guy following him around up and down, and all the editing is really cool. You know, he's, he's done it up well. well we um, have a broomstick but, holding our webcam. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's paid for. <laughs> this guy, he's, he's got a budget. He... He probably spends more in haircuts every month than we do on this show in a year. <laughs> we don't even shave. 
<laughs> just turn the focus down on the camera here. <laughs> hey, you know what? I've, I actually do have another podcast I want to talk about. Uh, go to WilliamShatner.com. He's doing brown bag wine tasting. <laughs> you got to find the one where he, it's video. Uh, I'm not saying it's completely entertaining or I really like it. It's just surreal watching William Shatner holding a bottle of wine in a bag and handing it to Lou Ferrigno. <laughs> it's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. <laughs> and having Lou Ferrigno, you know, giving his, uh, if you like wine, kind of cool. Kind of cool. I'm just saying, check it out. William Shatner doesn't give a crap anymore. You know, he's got so much money. Sets up a camera. What do you do now, William? I'm a podcaster. <laughs> hey, he's like 80 years old, and he knows how to use Skype. I mean, I'm, I'm impressed there. <laughs> Drinking with the host. And, you know, I believe just in time for technology news, related book news. Uh, Padre, it's kind of dark over there. I can't see it, but is that you? It's the Witness it Protection Program. This indeed is me, and this is the only setup I could create, so it'll be technology from the darkness that is in the heart of all men. <laughs> it's, it's like the dark side of Padre. <laughs> yeah, lo long story, but uh, basically it means Cox Cable has completely gone uh, uh, tits up, limp? which is a technical term. Yes, yeah, it's gone limp, but the Cox Cable is absolutely limp. <laughs> and uh, I am now borrowing a position from a neighbor who is not on Cox Cable, and I'm hoping that it, uh, it holds up. But this is the only way that I can film uh, without showing the rest of the house, which would be rude because it's not mine. There you go. <laughs> so, so let's get right into... Hey, Sir Jimmy, why don't I start off? Uh, we've been talking a lot about this, and I know that earlier this month, Google did add digital estate planning to its services. We didn't really talk about it on the show. We kind of forgot about it, but big deal. Um, they began letting people plan out what is to be done with their digital photos, documents, and other virtual belongings after they die uh, in an inactive account manager. So you can set this account with what, what's called a dead man switch. So you have to log into this thing or it'll, it'll, it'll email you, you know, every month. If you don't respond back within a certain time, it just figures, well, Sir Jimmy kicked the bucket or, you know, you and McGee killed Scott Sigler and Scott's not around anymore. It'll activate your, your will, basically, and uh, divvy up your digital belongings to whoever you send them to. And I think one of the reasons we didn't talk about it on the show is because it's baby steps. You still can't bequeath your Google Music or your Google Play Store purchases. It's still like just the photos that are in your drive or... You know, it, it's starting small, but Padre, is this a good step? Are we uh, on the right track here? You know, you're going to get uh, conflicting ideas about this. Some are saying that this is just sort of a, uh, a, a little token for those people who want digital rights to extend beyond the afterlife or who want to be able to bequeath their digital property. But I, I think this is a good step. You've got Google is a major player in, in online. They are a major player in, in digital rights management. And they've shown in their willingness to create what's called the open alliance where they're sharing patents that they are good with sharing digital property because that's not how they make their money. Uh, and I think that's what people need to remember. What you want to do is when you're looking at a company to head up this digital rights movement, you want a player that's not making money off of your digital rights. Uh, like, I, And I won't mention a company that might be making money off your digital rights. Uh, I'll just say it, it, it's a fruit. 
<laughs> Estate planning. Can you get? Um, can Google erase like all the porn off your computer and erase your search history and and set fire to the server that has all your emails? Is, you know, is that part of it too? Sir Jimmy, Google can try to do that, but I'll still have all your porn. Sorry, <laughs> that's that's how it works. Actually, okay. So on the side to this, there there is something that goes on in our Jesuit communities. Whenever we have a member die, the very first thing that the minister of the house will do is go over to the room of the person and lock it, and that's to keep the other Jesuits from going in there and turning it into a shopping mall. Because basically, go, oh, I like this chair. Those books are great. I want this mall. You know, seriously, it, and we don't care. We're dead. Take it. But the but recently. Recently, with the advent of digital property and digital, uh, we'll just say perseverance, one of the duties of the minister has been to go to the computer and erase everything. You just just take the hard. What I've been what I've been telling them is, look, don't don't bother typing any any commands. Take the hard drive out of the computer and run it through an industrial shredder. Boom, we're right. done. Uh. Well, hey. Moving on, I suppose. That's uh, and, and let me know how I can uh, get one of those Jesuit cards. Um, <laughs> audiobooks bought on the Apple Store are not backed up by iCloud and can only be downloaded once. According to TUAW.com, audiobooks, unlike other iTunes, re-download from the store. On a Mac, you can dig into your iTunes folder, remove the DRM-protected files, uh, and moving to another authorized machine. Uh, on iOS devices, however, a, a lack of a file system uh, that the user can access, um, so, there's, so you can never sync to your Mac, uh, you could uh, run into an issue, they say. Well, that's that's kind of been the case. I don't know if you've ever had like uh, a corrupted iPod that you have backed everything up onto your computer and you just got a big string of letters and numbers and then you go clicking through clicking through and you finally come through one of those songs that's corrupted and, and the music plays fine but the title and the track and artists and all that are gone you got to reset it all i probably have two thousand songs like that so yeah this is why i, I prefer to buy my audiobooks on audible because i can always re-download them works padre i can see you now almost there for a second it's almost to get a light on yeah, I'm, I'm trying to fix this thing, and it's just not—it's not cooperating. You know, this is why I hate technology. Technology is <laughs> the outlaw. You've got like 50 cell phones. Just turn them all on bright and set them up underneath <laughs> them. Hey, Padre, you know who else is going to start hating technology? Students. Yay! <laughs> New technology allows professors to track whether students are reading their textbooks. Uh, this semester, thousands of college students around the country—that's the USA including dozens at a Texas A&M University campus, won't be able to hide their studying habits from their professor anymore. Uh, with a new platform, Course Smart Analytics, professors are able to see the students' level of engagement, how much of a textbook they've read, whether they highlight passages or took notes, and how much time they spent on the readings. And I did read further in the story. It does include eye-tracking technology. So, It does or does not? does. Oh, so you got to have video uh, yeah, of your you eyes yeah, going you, you back can't, and forth, yeah, back you and can't forth just for open like it up. hours. Oh, yes. You can't just open up your, t your textbook and leave it on the table. It makes sure you're reading it. Now, I think this is that one step beyond the line that's going to finally get some of these young kids to say, this is enough. We've had enough. Stop. 
because we were talking about before with you and that uh, you know especially that's what his book's about which is that we're giving up our rights to privacy to to being human I mean why is a robot going to be watching me to make sure I'm read the book slave am I off here this is awful we need to get the the iPhone dev team on it and maybe jailbreak this software (laughs) and this technology is then you can go download all those apps that you know with just and you can just have eyes implanted over top of your eyes going like this (laughs) that's like the old painting an eyeball on your eyelids so you can sleep in class Oh, I saw a tattoo of a guy on uh, Imger.com, and he has eyes actually tattooed on his eyelids, and when they're closed, whoa, that's pretty freaky. I'm thinking about doing it. Padre right now looks like Sir Digby Chicken Caesar. I keep expecting to steal someone's cigarette or something. Don't walk through the house because you might catch your microphone cable on stuff. There's no time to lose. This is awesome. I could watch this all day. It's like live cat videos. <laughs> now, let, let me let me do. I would like to say this: if this technology had been around while I was in college, I would have failed every single course. Are you kidding me? Not that I don't love reading, but I, I'm one of these people who I will I will skim through a book. I will find the parts that I need, and then I, I will use those parts. If suddenly my grade becomes dependent on me going over every single passage of some obscure dry textbook. Um, yeah, I wouldn't do so well. I'd go crazy. Yeah, and I was reading further into that article, and it's not only if you've spent too little time reading your textbook, if you've spent too much time... Oh, come on. That could affect your grade as well, because they figure, well, he's not comprehending, he's reading it too much. (laughs) He's stupid. Making you into good little student (laughs) slaves. Whatever happened to exams and finals and... (laughs) because of these things, don't those count anymore? No. You know, see... The, the way that I'd like this technology to be used is to use the eye tracking to tell when the book is boring. When people start to nod <laughs> off, then we go, okay, well, yeah, we don't use this textbook anymore. They're not, they're not getting anything out of it. Yeah, now you're helping me. This sounds almost like the, the Apple commercial in 1984 during the Super Bowl where you got all these people chained to their desks, you know, and, that's right. and uh, the big screen up there. Yeah, that's where, you that's you where it's headed. You when, when your textbook is ratting you out. Yeah. Now, now, Ewan's real wrote a whole book about this, giving up our, our privacy rights, and hopefully Skype will, will hold here for a little while. Ewan, what are some of the worst, uh, what's the worst example of us giving up our privacy rights that people don't really care about and they're just giving it away? Like, is there an example you can give us? Something that, that's, a, that's a very uh, real example. Um, there's, I'll let you guess which country I'm talking about. A country where they have something called the Hadopi Law, which means if you're caught violating copyright three times um, on the internet, your ISP is cut off. France! Um, exactly. It's France. Wow. In France. Oh my god, he, he violated copyright law. They cut him off. Yeah. Well, um, and in the beginning of that law, it was you didn't even have to prove it. You, I, I just could say, um, Paul, you violated uh, my copyright three times and they cut your IP off, or it could be your son doing it, and your whole household is, is uh, cut off for like a couple of weeks. So, you don't do anything wrong, you're still cut off uh, the internet. Well, the, the United States has uh, implemented something similar recently, isn't it like the Six Strikes Law, Padre? Or? Yeah, but no, so it's, it's held up right now, and, and it's held up because finally the internet mobilized and they realized, okay, this is the same problem that they have in France multiplied, which is not only 
um, do they not verify that it was actually you? So they tie it to the IP address. They tie it to an account. So it could be anybody at your house doing a BitTorrent or going to a site that they're using to download something that's a copyright violation. But it didn't even have to be proven in... In other words, it's not six violations. It's six accusations. Wow. What? So the, the ISP can, come, can, can file six grievances and say, we suspect this person of violating copyright, and that's enough to trigger the law. That's ridiculous. And there's no recourse because they, they are the ones who are enforcing the law. That's just, wow. that's, that, I mean, come on, that's crazy town. Yeah, and in Texas A&M United States, textbook reads you. <laughs> <laughs> what a country. <laughs> what a country. <laughs> No, but yeah, we, we, it's, it's, the scary thing is these laws keep coming up. I mean, CISPA just got shot down because the, uh, the House wasn't willing to take it up. But it had nothing to do with us getting up and saying this is a horrible law. It, just, it, was, it, it was the fact that a lot of lawmakers didn't want to possibly bring this up. We need, as, as people who are using the Internet, as citizens, no matter what country, we need to be far more aware of the laws that our countries are enacting to quote unquote protect the copyright rights of copyright owners, because it, it more and more it seems like copy, the copyright rights of copyright owners extends to everything, as if there's nothing you can do on the internet that isn't a violation of copyright. Right. You know the problem, Padre, is uh, a lot of people are are watching American Idol and uh, they really need to pay attention to the laws being, like you said, being passed, and they need to turn off your television. Turn off your television. It's making you stupid. They're <laughs> actually watching The Voice. That's right. Yeah, The Voice. Well, gentlemen, ladies, lady and gentlemen, we need more ladies. I know. I'm, I'll find you some more. I swear. I will find them. Absolutely. They do exist. <laughs> hey, Pat, do you have any news? Crime Writers Canada, anything going on in, in town or in the country? In the country, yeah, we've got uh, a country big thing Canada, happening right now. In our country, the, the, the nice one, the, yeah. Uh, <laughs> We're the nice the one. The syndicate, uh, my syndicate, uh, we actually claimed an entire month. So not only have we stolen the hearts and minds of readers across North America, we've also stolen the entire month of May. So it is officially our National Crime Writers Month. So we've got a lot of big things happening right now. Uh, we'll be doing a, a series of uh, articles on cbc.ca's uh, when to get it, just one second, on Canada rights. So we'll see a, a number of articles coming up from regional vice presidents, like me, uh, but a couple of other features there as well. And there's going to be events happening all across Ontario, Quebec, in BC, name a province, we have something happening. So just go to crimewriterscanada.com uh, uh, Crime and you'll see the full list of events that are happening. And it's all leading up to May the 30th, which is our premier day of the entire year. That is when we finally get to announce the winners of our prestigious Arthur Ellis Awards. Nice. So as you may or may not know, those are the big crime writing awards for all of Canada. Exactly. This is, this is huge for us. It's the equivalent of, say, the Auroras in science fiction. So these are, these are big things happening. And that's all on May the 30th. And if you want to find out who's been shortlisted, that's unfortunately what you missed on Thursday last week when I was in town. I, I know, know, technical I know. problems and all that. 
But uh, we've got some fantastic reads out there. Highly recommend them. I'm sure we have a couple of uh, a couple of books now on Audible as well. But uh, most of these books that are that have been nominated only came out last year. Phenomenal, phenomenal reads. You've got to get to get onto the site and see what's out there. I heard last Thursday you got to meet up with uh, Jim Zub. I did. Oh my goodness! Yes, I haven't seen that guy since a really long time. I don't know if he mentioned it, but uh, Zub Neil Neil before Zub.com. Yes, yes, Jim Zub, 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 not Zub. Zub. I like saying Zub. <laughs> you ever heard of a, a comic book called Skull Kickers? I have actually heard of a comic book called Skull, Skull Kickers, and I believe I have like every single issue, including the trade. So yeah, I'm a bit of a fan, and he signed them for me. Oh. Uh, little known fact, he and I actually went to high school together, so that's why we met up in, in, on Thursday, or Very a couple cool. weeks ago, yeah, so, yeah, and apparently, I don't know if you saw the news, but uh, our famous Zoob is actually going to be having a two-part story coming out for The Batman. Very so cool. check out his website as well, and you'll find out uh, what the two-parter is. He's extremely excited about it, and Big so on. Big Batman fan right here. I'm looking forward to that. You have got to go check it out. You the artwork yeah, already looks amazing. will be so embarrassed. This is brilliant. Big Batman fan over here. I don't know if you can see that. She actually made it, and it's got my name in it. I'm such a child. Very cool. Very cool. That's very cool. Oi. And you and we're going to put, of course, a link up on the site and bottom of the screen here so folks can help out with your Indiegogo. Uh, a very important book. we got to you know, get the awareness going for keeping our privacy. There's no reason they have to be you know, watching us watch the, you know, read the textbook. Come on. <laughs> and uh, Sir Jimmy, we'll see you soon. Padres, every, Skype, that's it. Everyone's gone. It's just me and Kevin. Me and you, buddy. I'm here. We're, I'm still we're just going to watch the rest of the, the hockey game now. I, I mean, how are we doing, by the way? We're still 2 1. Still 2 1. Leafs are losing. Skype is falling boogers, apart. Nana, nana, boogers. <laughs> we'll see how you get home. we got the Senators tomorrow. <laughs> so just me, me Pat, uh, Kevin, and uh, Sir Jimmy left. Skype has killed off all our other guests. So I think it's about that time. Sometimes we just give up and say, Skype, you win. The show's over. I think Skype won't Skype tonight, <laughs> We fought the good fight. We did. <laughs> We're going to see you next week. Same book time, same book channel. I don't know who's on next week. Somebody. Somebody cool as always. Maybe Pat again. Pat, we have I'll to have you on every week. Stay okay, tuned. I'm back. All right. Woo-hoo. I have more news for you. Book Guide Show will return you. next week. Same book time, same book channel. And somehow that's going to become a show. Oh, I have absolutely <laughs> faith in you.